0: That it's a lot of fun to fight them, you know. It's a hell of a hoot. Uh, it, it's fun to shoot some people.
1: I'll be right up front you. Yeah, I like brawling. Semper Five.
0: Well, if you've been a Marine, you know those words are a battle cry, a greeting. Their marine shorthand for the motto of the code. Sample for dance.
2: Always faithful.
0: The Bellow Woodsman, episode six. Uh, I'm David. With me is Jeff. hey And Justin. I'm here. So, uh, I don't really have any announcements. Um, nothing has really happened, I guess, with the show in the last week. Uh, I will say, well, I should say, I do have an announcement, actually, Um We'll be going on a brief hiatus, probably coming back in the first week of October, doing a little retooling um, and just uh, probably collecting some interviews to to kind of add to our later shows. Tonight's topics, well, it's really going to be one topic, uh, hazing in the Marine Corps, which is in the news lately. We're kind of going to have our normal kind of rundown of our segments, but it's all going to sort of come back to hazing. We're going to kind of share stories about our experiences when we're new in the fleet, and, uh, I guess our experiences with quote unquote hazing during our time in the Marine Corps. And then we're going to go on to the outrage of the week. We're going to talk, we're going to do our, uh, our Friday libo brief. And then we're going to talk about the hazing incident at Paris Island this week, which we'll get into more detail about, uh, later. But, uh, and then we'll have the memorial moment from Justin. And, uh, and that'll be it. We'll be done. But um, thanks again for joining us, and to, guys, to kick things off, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was trying to come up with a, with a, with a, a topic that was related to hazing, and this is probably going to be a multi-part series about boot camp and the, uh, I guess, rite of passage of becoming a Marine and the things that come along with that, and I was ca- thinking about when I first got to the fleet and, um, and everything that followed and all of our traditions – that, that, that we had. And I just remember one of the things that, that kind of sticks with me is the notion that when you're young, and you get there, you, you graduate boot camp, you finish SOI, and you think, hey, it can't be much worse than that, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then you show up and then the, I always say the, the, that's when the real you know the, the, the profession takes over you know you actually start being start doing marine things. And one of those things is just to be the the absolute. In many ways, it's worse than you were in boot camp, actually, because it's not like there's a whole necessarily a whole bunch of other people, forty other people to help you out and to take the pressure off of you. A lot of times, you're the new person, you're the first person showing up to unit. And I remember when I first got there to my unit, I was the uh, the one of two that came in at the same time. One of three actually. Um, one went to another platoon, but but me and uh, one other guy in my platoon. But I do remember having to uh get up many times in the middle of the night and, and and clean rooms and and uh and count rocks in the in the uh in the ditch and and sweep the catwalk about, you know, a hundred times in a row, which is all benign in and of itself, but um I know where there's some more kind of uh kind of physical and and some nastier hazing stories which we'll get to in a second. Uh when did you get to the fleet, Jeff?
2: Uh I got to the fleet, um God,
0: February maybe was it February of two uh, thousand? I got there in April, and I, you guys beat us to it because you guys went to Bridgeport, um, and I didn't go to Bridgeport because I got there while you guys were gone. Okay. Um, yeah, but what what? How was your arrival to the fleet? Uh, it
2: wasn't bad, and this is the reason why. Um, all of the East Coast guys, I mean, we all came uh, from the same SOI uh, class. Um, we got there about two weeks behind the San Diego guys and they just got on a bus and took them, uh, you know, straight from SOI West to right up to 29 Palms. And, uh, you know, they got the full Monty, if you will. Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the senior, uh, Marines were all waiting for them. They did the whole sea bag drag from the, the UMA at the bottom of the base all the way up to, uh, the tanks barracks where we were, we were at, uh, in 29 Palms. Now, when we got there, we got there you know, probably about 10 days later, because we got, you know, uh, 10 days of uh, leave after SOI. Um, and we sort of just started filtering in in onesies and twosies. Uh, you know, I checked in to the company office, and uh, Corporal Kiefer came <laughs> in his pickup truck, and, you know, we loaded up my seat bags, and he drove me to the barracks. And, you know, that, that was my big thing. I mean, it, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, you know, not initially.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that, it was similar for me in that you guys were gone. So when you guys came back from uh from Bridgeport, um you went to Bridgeport. Right? I did. Yeah, when you all came back you all were like looking like you had just been drugged through hell. And uh, that's that's, that's and, Bridgeport. <laughs> and the two of and me and me and my my cohort were uh fresh faced and ready to go get the world and that kinda of pissed people off, I think. <laughs> that we didn't have to do any of that. We were we were back uh, – we were kind of by ourselves for a while, which wasn't bad, except all the senior Lance Corporals, quote-unquote, that were around the barracks were all people who were getting kicked out anyway. Yeah. So they were like bigger assholes than the NCOs were when they got back. So we kind of had a taste of that, I guess, ahead of time. That was Uh, sort of
2: a big thing for us, um, the workup for Bridgeport, because we got there, and we were immediately, you know, uh, working up to go to Bridgeport. So we got there, and we were, you know, running everywhere we go in formation, you know, running with the seniors, trying to get us in shape for Bridgeport. We were immediately doing conditioning hikes, uh, you know, getting ready for that. And then, you know, uh, Bridgeport, and, and if you don't know, about Bridgeport. That's the uh, the Mountain Warfare Training Center uh, up in the, uh, I want to say it's the uh, the high Sierra Nevada Mountains above Reno mm-hmm. in California. Um, it's it's a kick straight in the dick. And, and that's, <laughs> that's about all I guess. <laughs> we were there in March, and it's still the winter package. Um, and there was six feet of snow everywhere. Uh, so yeah, that, that that blew. So I mean, being a boot at Bridgeport is basically the worst thing Ever because you're you're sucking up all the fire watch and you're you know being screwed with because you're a boot and you're at Bridgeport, so
0: <laughs> all the worst. Yeah. So so uh so Justin, how um what was your experience like?
1: Uh It's completely different in the Air Wing. Um, I got to Miramar down in San Diego and uh, just kind of walked walked into my unit wearing uh wearing Class A's and that was that was that was it. I mean there wasn't really like a ritual or any sort of uh, initial uh getting messed with or hazed or or whatever you want to call it there was no beat in or break in or anything for my unit anyways now I can't speak for for the one two doors down from us they call them the screw crew they had they definitely had a a different way of doing things but my unit I think the morale was so low when I got there they'd been working weekends for forever I like guess it's different in the air wing I mean you all go out in the field when you're out there uh for Days and weeks and then on in, and whatever. The air wing's more of a Monday through Friday, not really 9 to 5, but but it's more. Uh, you get the weekends off for the most part. The morale was so low when I got there, nobody really cared that somebody else had showed up. It was it was rather really disappointing, to be honest. I expected something, but no, it was. We don't, We didn't live in. Um, our barracks were probably. Do you all live in squad base?
0: No, we lived in actual barracks. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, we, we did too, and so no, nobody really. Oh, yeah. hey, there's a new guy. It wasn't. It was. It was disappointing. I, 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 I expected a whole lot more, but. Uh. So, so
0: was the attitude kind of like in uh, in Heartbreak Ridge when Gunny Highway shows up to the to the recon unit for the first time, and they're all just playing pool and not, not giving a shit.
1: Kind of. I mean, to, to yeah. a degree. I mean, our all, all, our world re- revolves around, you know, our aircraft in the in numbers. I think it's seventy sixty that you want to be able to fly full mission capable and, and whatnot. And it just, maintenance had been, these birds have been beat to hell and they're, you know, late Vietnam era aircraft. Right. They break. It takes a lot of hours to keep, them, man hours to keep them flying. And they'd been working on them for so long that uh, I just, I don't think anybody really getting like, oh, great. Here's, here's somebody new and it just didn't seem to matter at all. I was still, just, still kind of disappointed about it to this day.
0: It's it's interesting that you say that because I didn't know what to expect. I I I kind of when I showed up, I kind of thought it'd be something. I I I had just on leave for the first time ever. Actually, I'd seen uh, a few Good Men, and I saw something else, and I was, you know, because in a Few Good Men, it's it's you know they live in squad bays. Well, actually, I think they're in in that movie, mm-hmm. but they're they're in real close quarters and they're always you know beating on each other and stuff. And I was like, damn, am I gonna get out there and? get my ass kicked. And I wasn't like that. Um, the thing is, is in the infantry, there's just, sometimes there's just not a lot of work to do. <laughs> and, or, or, or there's just not a lot of structured activity. <laughs> it's, it's, I guess if you're, if you're like a staff NCO in the infantry, you gotta, it's like having kids, you know, you gotta have structured activities for them to do or else they get into trouble and do stupid things. And uh, I remember that first night when you guys got back from Bridgeport the the senior lance corporals had kind of warned us. They said, "Whatever you do, don't come out of your room <laughs> uh, all night. Stay in your room all night. Pretend you're not there. Lock it. Turn your turn your TV off. Pretend you're not there." And um, in the middle of the night, at about one o'clock in the morning, I heard like a a brood of like drunk senior. I guess they were all uh, NCOs or senior lance corporals, roaming around. You could tell they were drunk, and they were like, "Where are the new guys? Where's the boots?" Get him out of here! Get out of here, boots! I was like, that was really solid advice from the senior lance corporal is to stay inside. But uh, so, did, did you guys do the? Uh, uh, I know, me and Jeff. I guess you did the landing gear thing right on the uh, the uh, when you picked up lance corporal. You get the, the punch on the the arm, Jeff. Oh, do you get that? Yeah,
2: like you know, go through a little gauntlet or whatever.
0: Yeah, and do you do that, Justin?
2: Uh, I was still in class
1: when I got promoted. I mean. I take the oh, okay. yeah. I was in Pensacola. I didn't even I didn't go to oh. New River or checked into the fleet yet. That's how long it takes uh, on the wing side to get promoted. But I, I'm pretty sure that when we got promoted, we embedded our our chevrons into each other's collarbones.
0: Yeah, that's that's standard.
2: Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, and this is going to sound crazy for people who were you know in now or, or didn't you know that weren't in back then. That actually happened at the formation. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we were uh, we were promoted. Uh, the formation was dismissed, and you know, right there on the grinder, that happened. You know, in full view of everyone, and it's just like a normal thing.
0: Uh, the officer, the officers would part would would do it sometimes. They would, they would participate. Yep. I'm not sure if you recall was in that car. I do. Yep. Uh, he uh, he was um, intense. Um, kind of reminds me of like if Dennis Hopper were really roided up. Um, and a PT stud, that's, that's what he reminded me of always. And, um, uh, when he, when I got, when I picked up Lance Corporal, he, I mean, he punched that thing right into my collarbone. Uh, and he's a first lieutenant, he's senior first lieutenant in the battalion. Um, and you know, that's, I mean, and something, and when, and for the, I was talking about the landing gear thing and, uh. In my experience, what we what I did when I picked up Lance Corporal was I had to go to my room, and put my shoulder against one wall and the other shoulder kind of just out, and uh, everyone in the platoon who had already picked up Lance or higher got to come by and punch me in the on the arm once, and uh, and at the end of the day I had this big black spot on my arm, <clears throat> and I remember running into uh, an officer the next day while I was doing laundry with my t-shirt on, he said what happened to your arm. And I said, oh, I fell. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it was like, it was this incredulous, like, what? And I was like, I'm just, I'm just clumsy, sir. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay, you know. But uh, that's just how it went. And then uh, there was a tradition of the blood striping. Sure. Which, which I always thought was dangerous. It is. Um, and I didn't get it. Um, it was kind of really cracked down on between the guy who picked up before me and me. Um, now when I picked up, there was talk of it, but it never happened. But I think, I can't remember who picked up right before me, but whoever did got it and I didn't. Um, but the, the problem with the blood striping is it puts someone out for a commission for like three days sometimes. Um, Did you do that, Jeff?
2: I did, yeah. I had it done to me. uh, And uh, it's just, I mean, whatever. I mean, I I had it done to me and, you know, I did it to people. uh, But, you know, I have a story of, you know, how that can sort of escalate. Um, We were in Camp Fallujah South Camp and we were back on base. We got to, you know, go outside the wire for 10 days and we come back inside for two uh, rest and refit and stuff. And you know somebody had picked up corporal and uh they got you know blood striped and it just <laughs> i mean and they got blood striped uh, wow. i mean you know people were doing like flying knees you know and just taking it to a whole other level and mm-hmm. uh you know guy i mean he he got pretty fucked up uh you yeah. know his leg um but
0: and and it's it's a i think it's a good tradition um generally speaking if it's done correctly yeah. Uh, just like uh, the e-tool qual, you know, oh,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, which for people who don't know what the e-tool qualification is, is uh, long story short, you get, you get blindfolded and you pretend you're trying to hit a rock or a penny, I think is what it is, with your e-tool. Um, and someone puts your, your 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 field cover in place of your penny while you're not looking and you cut your cover to pieces. And then... You take off your blindfold, you look and your cover's all shredded and everyone laughs. Um, and it's it's funny, it's 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 harmless, you know, and then you kinda have this memento of of a cool of a cool of a cool moment, you know. And you see all these boots walking around with their heads their covers all shredded on top, you know. And like people when you get back to the rear, people don't like, What the hell happened to you? <laughs> Did your like head explode or something? Like But um you know, and that's I think that's all good stuff. As long and, and my opinion of it all is I think tradition means something that's important, and you know we cling to these. It's kind of like this this idea we're we're tribal. It's it's in our DNA. It's how we evolved. You know every animal in nature has this, or every social animal at least has this tribal kind of instinct, and and we're all kind of drawn to these these rites of passage and these these symbols, which is why the national anthem is important. We're drawn to these things, and they kind of bring us all together, and when you have these these, these difficult rites of passage like that, I think it kind of – it really helps cement the brotherhood a lot, which is why fraternities do it, even though it's real gay the way they do it. Um, but I think it's a real it's – a, it's a real it's, – it's, it's what separates us from everybody else in a lot of ways and, and the army and every other branch.
2: I'll tell you a, another one. Uh, I think is a really cool tradition. I guess it's a cool tradition. Um, uh, toe gunners, the first missile they ever get to shoot, there's this little O ring. that's probably about I don't know, eight inches in diameter. It's a, just like a, a rubber band O ring. And uh, you know, your first missile, you get your O ring out of out of your uh, spent tube, and you put it on your uh, around your neck. And everybody that shot a missile, you know, before you gets to you know pull back the O ring and snap you in the neck. You know, I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got to do it, you know. Uh, as a machine gunner, I got to shoot a tow missile, which is, you know, not insignificant. So I got to, you know, get get popped uh, by every uh, one, you know. E- you know, even guys junior to me, you know, got to pop me because they they'd shot missiles before me.
0: And, and you still have yeah, that? Uh, I still I
2: still have my O ring. Yeah, I do.
0: Nice, well, and, and also something else I almost forgot. Uh, Okinawa, when the first time you deploy, you got to get your head shaved. Yep. Um, that was standard procedure in our, in our unit. And if you didn't, if you refused to do it, they would find you and do it for you, yep. uh, and hold you down and, and cut your hair off. Um, you know, uh, it, I guess if you put up a hard enough fight, they would probably eventually leave you alone. But you'd be branded kind of a bitch for the, you know, for the rest of your time there. Well, you should. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> I mean, all, like you said, it's one of those things that separates us. Is that, you know, if if you're not willing to be a part of it, then why are you here? Right. You'll always be looked at different. It's not. Nothing, you know, shaving someone's head and well will be on, I mean, kicking somebody in the leg until they're, until it's black and blue obviously can hurt you. But shaving heads and doing dumb stuff like that, cutting your cover up and all this other stuff. So what? Be a part of it. Yeah. Everyone did it before right. you. It's, it's, your, it's their way of saying you're welcome. It's not, it's not a personal thing. It's, it's a right. welcoming, hey, come be a part of us, do this dumb stuff.
0: I agree and, and and you know the navy has their tradition of the the shell back thing and the anal sex and all that that they do. And uh, but, but but you know like or maybe or maybe that's the air force I don't know. But but I mean, you know, it's 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 part of it is part of belonging and uh it's and I'm not coming down and it's people are going to listen to this and think oh, these guys are pro hazing. Well, okay, yeah, to to an extent as long as it's not hurting anybody, you know. Uh, not not like da- a permanent.
1: Yeah, permanently damaging yeah. anybody. It's okay to hurt people,
0: to a yeah, degree. I mean, hurt is is a is a movie called The Program. If you ever seen oh, it, yeah. they they it's there's a line in there where the guy goes, "Are you injured or you hurt?" And, You know, there's a difference. You know, if you're injured, you can't play. If you're hurt, you can. So being hurt not a big deal. Being injured, especially if you're in a combat unit, probably a bigger deal. But you know, I don't know of any example of anyone being. Permanently injured by um, that kind of hazing, you know. Now, the the stuff we're going to talk about in a minute with the news story um, that might change that, that's a different animal altogether. Um, but this is a good discussion, um, and we'll come back to this again. You know, I say that every time, but we're probably going to have another part of this episode where we talk to some drill instructors about kind of their their procedure. And the way they do things, but good discussion. Well, we, we um, could even go
2: deeper. I mean, you know, what about just the games you play, you know, when you get to the fleet, you know, like, uh,
0: you yeah. know, go
2: ask, you know, Corporal So-and-so for something, you know, playing boot ping pong, you know, where you just send the boot back and forth and back and forth and, um, you <laughs> yeah. know, just. Or they,
0: go send them off to find a box of red squares. Oh, yeah,
2: you know, it's stuff like that, you know, go ask uh, Gunny for a pricky 7
0: um, Right. Yeah.
2: Um, light batteries. Yeah. Or you know, getting your room tossed. I mean, that that was the big thing in cat. You know, uh, and it, it wasn't you know probably for a few months that I figured out that my roommate actually wasn't leaving my door unlocked. They were just kicking in the doors and tossing their rooms.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the, that was the uh, the scary thing about our barracks was that it was wildly like, I mean, the lock was really only just there for 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 theater really. Uh, just one swift kick blasted your door right open. Oh yeah, and. And if you ever lose your key, that's how you get it. That's how you get into your room yeah. which is just you'll kick in the door to get to get it open. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well that there's a uh, you know, and once you once you've got a little status and you're outside of the boot zone, I mean having to do the Chinese field days, mm-hmm. I mean that's I mean especially like on a on a Friday or something like that. That's the absolute worst. I mean pulling everything out of your room, pulling all your sheets out onto the dirt, having to go in there with the floor buffer and. That's the good thing about being a senior marine is that you don't have to be the boot that goes across the street to find the floor buffer at the, at the battalion office. I remember going over there at like eleven o'clock at night to find the battalion the the, the battalion uh, um, officer of the day to give me the key to unlock the floor buffer so I could drag it across the street to buff my room at like midnight. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's and again all that all those things build important attributes, and I actually think that a lot of my maturity in life comes, came from those experiences. Um, you know, having to be held accountable, you know, yeah. you screw up, you know, and that's part of it. Or, or the idea that the, if, if you're someone you're in charge of screws up, you're accountable or someone that you're close enough to, to affect them, to affect their behavior that, you know, that you're responsible for it. And you got to take advantage of it. You have to take uh, take responsibility for it. And, and, um, you know? and, and you also learn that sometimes things
2: just you know don't need a reason to happen to you. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, if, if you're you know just fill day in your room, minding your own business, and uh, you know uh, one of your sergeants you know busts in and, and chokes you out, you know sometimes you know you need to learn how to not get
0: choked out. I mean. I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like and you're right. Just for no reason, like you know, I, I was never, I wasn't especially sheltered, but the level of like just drunkenness and just insanity was shocking at first, but over time it becomes more and more endearing. Like, and you want to be take part in that. And then you want to pass it on to the, to the ones who come on after Mm -hmm. you. And, uh, you know, I think we did that. And I'm glad to hear, I'm actually, when were you in Fallujah? Uh, 07. Okay. Well, they kept going at least until then. I'm sure, I'm sure it's, it's all still done today. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Do you, you, uh,
1: you guys ever light each other on fire, or is that like an Air Wing thing?
0: Never did that. Like uh, with, <laughs> with
1: rubbing alcohol, like, you, like you've seen, like Major League, not Major League, Mister Baseball, where they're sitting there and he he's holding a lighter by the guy's shoe, and all of a sudden he jumps up on you know and his foot's on fire.
0: We, like the hot foot, yeah.
1: We'd spray rubbing alcohol on on people's legs, and uh, while we're talking to him and reach out and light them on fire. It's a bigger, obviously it's a much quicker effect than just. Getting your foot hot, but yeah, we we light like, <laughs> we light each other on fire a lot.
2: Yeah, I turned uh, I turned 21 at the the Warriors Club, um, and that's at Camp Wilson on the I guess the Expeditionary side of 29 Palms. Oh, yeah. with a uh, with a bunch of uh, British Royal Marine Commandos, and uh, they were doing a thing called uh, the Dance of the Flaming Assholes, and uh, what <laughs> that is is you know obviously you know we were drunk. And uh, they would drop trowel, uh, there would be two of them, and they would hold a wad of toilet paper in between their butt cheeks, light it on fire, and dance around, and the first person to drop their uh, their flaming wad of toilet paper from their butt cheeks has to buy the next round of drinks.
0: He <laughs> seems incredibly, like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> involved, I guess. like Very homo Yeah, I was just thinking, like,
2: It's the bridge, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do?
0: What jump about? through a lot of hoops. Jump through a lot of hoops to figure out who's going to bad drinks. You know, it seems like you could just, you know, punch each other in the face until one's unconscious or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's funny, it's
2: funny, funny story though. I mean, how, about how things change a bit. I mean, you know, we we talk about all these, you know, stories and stuff like that. You know, uh, somebody busts in your room and chokes you out. You know, during field day, uh, I went back to the fleet um, in 2006 uh, ha- after having been at Paris Island for two or three years it was two and a half years and uh one of my marines and i'm a sergeant at this time i've you know taken over my own cat section one of my marines gets caught on a motorcycle you know doing you know well over a hundred miles an hour he's wearing a road guard vest uh you know over his ditty bag so the cops know exactly where he's going so they just radio ahead to the front <laughs> gate and say you know be on the lookout for uh you know a red uh r1 or whatever so you know they they find the guy and uh you know, he's still got the the road guard vest, they know it's him, so PMO picks him up, and I got to pick him up for PMO, and you know, the first thing I do is like, okay, you know, you want to do that, you're going to dig a fighting hole until I get tired, so uh, he goes right there in the middle of the barracks, and he's digging a fighting hole, digging a fighting hole, Um, it was actually uh, not a fighting hole, it was a uh, a U-shape machine gun position, so it was a little bit more involved, Uh, and he's a machine gunner, so it's a, a good teaching event. Uh, The OOD comes on deck, uh, Staff Sergeant Lilly, and he is the Battalion uh, S-1 guy, loses his mind. Oh, my God, you can't do that. That's hazing. rah, whatever. You can't do that. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, McNair, you're off for now. You know, come see me in the morning, and we'll finish this thing up. Uh, (laughs) I I go home for the night. I'm living off base. I come back onto base. Uh, the next day and my uh, platoon commander is already looking for me and he's wide eyed. He's like, "You gotta go see the battalion commander." I'm like, uh, okay. I had to go see the battalion commander. And the battalion commander is talking about, you know, how this hazing, you can't do that to a Marine. And, you know, now I can't punish him because you've hazed him and, you know, all sorts of, you know, nonsense, stuff like that. You know, luckily the the kid, uh, I still keep in touch with him. You know, he, he covered for me and, you know, said, you know, I wasn't hazing him, that he was, you know, building the fighting position because.
0: He better say that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, but that, that was a big, you know, eye opener about how much the Marine Corps had changed in a little bit of time that I had been gone from the fleet.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's, there can be a darker side to that too. Um, there was an incident in our unit, in our platoon actually, where, um, you know, basically the, the whole code red scenario from, uh, a few good men came true. We had a NCO that sent a couple of the, uh, junior Marines to basically attack like three different, uh, quote unquote turd Marines in their room while they slept. And, um, What happened was uh, there was a long investigation, and that specific NCO actually tried to get uh, Marines, who he was in charge of, to take full responsibility for it without naming him. And it all sort of blew up in his face, and he ended up getting uh, knocked down to, I think, PFC – and taken out of our platoon because we were going to destroy him if they if they kept him there, but uh, yeah, and that's that's kind of the darker side. I mean, these 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 people that were sent to have their asses kicked were actually, I mean, one of them, one or two of them, I think, were actually hurt, had to go to the hospital. So, um, you know, that's and that's and that's sort of an example of where it can go too far. But really, you can go too far with anything. Um, you know, it's just a matter of basic intelligence and decency, I think. All right, so uh, we're gonna move on to the um, – we're going to do the Outrage of the Week first, and then we'll do the Libo Brief. So um, this is the Outrage of the Week, and this comes from Phoenix, Arizona. And um, I'm not – you may have heard about some of this in the news. There's this phenomenon known as stolen valor. Um, It's a little – you know it's sort of overblown a little bit in the media, and sometimes – and there was apparently someone in Arizona who was going around um, to funerals as uh, dressed as a marine, uh, funerals of you know of of Marines who have been killed in combat and dressed as a uh, as a marine and uh, wearing dress blues and everything. <clears throat> and it was discovered after like uh, a few of these funerals that he was actually not actually a marine at all, and he was faking the whole thing. Uh, apparently, the giveaway was that he was wearing dress blues and he had, you know, he's wearing the Medal of Honor in his dress blues. And uh, apparently, he also had three Purple Hearts, two pairs of jump wings, aviator wings, balloonist wings, the World War One service medal, the Confederate Cross of Valor, <laughs> the Iron Cross, American flag pin, Marine Corps flag pin, gunner insignia, colonel insignia, captain insignia. 17 stripes in one arm and 14 on the other. A Livestrong bracelet. A 1984 wears a beef campaign button. <laughs> a small red button that had the slogan Foshizzi on it. Three blood stripes. <laughs> Dale Earnhardt commemorative cowboy boots. And his cover appeared to be a paper crown from Burger King. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I say all this really just to point out the absurdity of some of these uniforms, some of these idiots wear who are trying to do stolen Valor stuff. That's the whole point of this. Have you seen some of these guys? Oh yeah. I mean, they have like more medals than Kim Il-sung and like, I mean, they look absolutely ridiculous. And like the, they wear, they wear their shit upside down. They do no research apparently on some of this stuff. <laughs> I, know, I thought that was pretty funny. I was, I was,
1: I was <laughs> a full of sergeant on some of these videos, literally had Sergeant Stripes and, and Colonel, uh, Colonel Bird on his, on his collar. It, it is. It is. It's funny sometimes. I. It's mental illness. <laughs> Some of it's mental illness. The the rest of it, I don't know. Yeah. To get
0: and, from yeah, and I've seen actually people who were convincing, on the outside, but when you start talking to them, they know absolutely nothing. But most of them, in like my experience, have like these, these fatal um, problems with their uniforms. You know. But um, anyway, so that's our outrage of the week is from Phoenix, Arizona. Don't wear the Iron Cross on your dress blues. All right. Uh, Ready for the uh, Friday Libo Brief from Jeff.
2: Okay, for today's Libo Brief, it's not really a Libo Brief. I just want to challenge everybody out there that's listening to call one of your Marine Corps buddies that you haven't talked to in a while. Just pick up the phone and, and call them. See how they're doing. That's all I got.
0: That's good advice. I like that. Other, yeah, that's good that's, that's good stuff. So uh, we're going to take a brief break, and we'll come right back with the uh, the main topic. You are listening to The Bellow Woodsman, celebrating everything Marine Corps, from the serious to the absurd. This podcast is powered by Simplecast. Please like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Bellow Woodsman and send us your thoughts and reactions via email at thebellowoodsman at gmail.com. Now, on with the show. All right, so we're back. Um, In the news this week, there's been this... Um, there's been a story about uh, "quote unquote" hazing coming under scrutiny at Paris Island and the recruit depots. I'm gonna play a news clip for you real quick that uh, that kind of talks about that um, real quickly.
1: The United States Marine Corps said Thursday a recruit killed himself in March amid widespread hazing at Paris Island. Now the Marine Corps is recommending punishment and in some cases charges for up to 20 officers there. Investigators say 20-year-old Rahil
0: Siddiqui jumped to his death just days after arriving at the infamous training center for boot camp. A marine drill instructor reportedly is accused of running an industrial clothes dryer with a Muslim recruit locked inside. That instructor also accused uh, of asking the same recruit, quote, are you a terrorist? A recruit. uh, This young man, 20-year-old Raheel Siddiqui, later died after leaping from a stairwell nearly 40 feet high. This was back in March. His death ruled a suicide. And just for reference purposes, here are a few uh, audio clips of uh, drill instructors. At the recruit depots, and 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 what's involved with boot camp, and none of this is really considered hazing, by the way. up, oh, you're done. I.I.S.R. I.I.S.R. Put the fucking back up. I.I.S.R. I.I.S.R. that thing that's gonna go inside this briefing If any friggin' recruiter's <laughs> uniform that you brought with you. You want to stand up? Now, that's at the um, Recruit Depot in San Diego, and that's a receiving drill instructor. And the clicks you hear, of course, are things being thrown, dropped, um, and there's even some, some foul language in there. And here's a second clip, which is actually from the movie, if you ever saw it, Ears Open, Eyeballs Click, which is probably the best documentary about boot camp in existence.
1: Why were you dehydrated? Why are you dehydrated? <laughs> Why are you dehydrated? Oh. No, no, sir. Don't no, tell you why. Because you not goddamn body. Good, 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 God good motherfucker. Good. All right, sir. Because I'm going to get the goddamn training out of your ass. Right, you sir. owe me that course times ten. You understand that? Yes, sir.
0: So that was a recruit that uh, apparently pushed out of A-Line at some point. So <clears throat> having heard that and having heard the news story, is there a problem at the Recruit Depot's, Justin?
1: There's a problem if, if they really put somebody in a dryer. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's I read that out, honest to God, when I saw the headline. I was like, oh, Duffelblog has got it this time. That's absolutely hilarious. But then I see yeah. it's the Washington Post or whatever it was. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> who, who thought yeah. that was a good idea? I, I don't know. Part of me wants to believe this is—it was—that's not what happened, or it was blown out of proportion, or maybe he caught him sleeping in the dryer and said, "Oh, I got you. Turn it on for a second. Woke him up." i I, I don't know. It's—I reposted that story on Facebook, and some of the things that people have said about it are some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I bet he was louder (laughs) than a pair of shoes. It would drive me crazy. Like it just. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, permanent press cycle. The line between hazing, racism, and criminal action is actually marked very clearly on my Maytag. It, re, it reads more dry normal whites. I can't believe that delegates should be. Delegates should be should have been used. I mean, just I don't know. I, I, there's a difference between hazing initiation and abuse. I, I think I think boot camp is 13 weeks of of training in an environment where you're expected to be hardened, where you're put through mental and physical things that you don't know you're capable of, of going through until you're put through them. And that right. there is a, there has to be a line though. And if, if someone was actually put in a dryer, Hey, you're dumb for getting in that dryer. You have to at some point realize that maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. If you're putting somebody in a dryer You probably shouldn't be in an environment where you have that much control over somebody.
0: Well, here's 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 what I'm just from the hip. What I'm thinking is, if this kid does not commit suicide, this is just a funny boot camp story, right? You know, for sure. I mean that's 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 what I thought. I mean I'm you know it's like you know it's 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 that's and this drill instructor obviously should be relieved because he has no if if this is true. I'm not jumping the gun here, but if this is true, he probably should be relieved, but. You know boot camp is supposed to be hard, and that's kind of the point. But you know, if you're actually locking someone in a dryer, you know that's that's obviously you know against you know Marine Corps policy. But on the other hand, again, if this kid doesn't commit suicide, or he doesn't refer to him as a terrorist or whatever it is, like this is, or if he does refer to him as a terrorist, this is just a funny boot camp story in the end, and it's hard for people to understand, I think, on the outside but it's probably something that he would have carried with him if he had stuck with it out and, and not committed suicide. I don't know, that's just my thoughts. What do you think, Jeff? Uh,
2: I mean, it, it's sad that, you know, things like this have to happen. And, and I mean, you know, it's, it's probably like the only thing like this that has happened uh, since Ribbon Creek, since the Ribbon Creek incident. So, I mean, you know, the track record's not that terrible, I would think, you know, looking on the bright side. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there was the the kid, when I, I was at Paris Island uh, working there, uh, in 2004 when the kid drowned. And I, I don't know, I just thinking about this the other day, uh, I mean, there was a market difference, like, you know, a light switch went off, uh, in the attitudes of the drill instructors before and after that happened. And that's because, you know, Paris Island's such a, you know, fishbowl, the Marine Corps and everybody's, you know, watching mm-hmm. what we do. But yeah, I mean, you know, right.
0: Uh, well, I, I, my, my concern is that, you know, I, is for people to jump the guy. This who knows what kind of emotional problems this kid had, um, and he hasn't been in combat. You know, he hasn't been through anything truly traumatic. I wouldn't say. I mean, I mean, if I mean, unless there's something else going on here that we don't know about it being locked in a dryer, it sucks. But I mean, I remember I was choked in boot camp. I mean, it's like I mean the the stuff that I mean I was I was choked to the point that it would have been probably a felony. I mean, if 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 it'd been charged by like the 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 authorities, but it's just it was part of the experience, and who knows what kind of problems this kid had leading up to to this uh, specific incident. But you talk about Ribbon Creek, <clears throat> and that brought a whole raft of reforms with it. But that was, I mean, how many how many died in that? Was it like fourteen or something? I like don't that? think it was. You I don't know?
2: think there was that many. Uh, it was like five or six, maybe.
0: Was that what it was? Okay. Well, and they 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 you know they redid things and changed the uh, the supervision and all that stuff and. And nothing like that has ever really happened. And a kid committing suicide—it's not like a drone instructor killed anybody, or you know, punched him, beat him to death or anything like that. Uh, my my concern is that, is that especially with the current administration, mm. that it'll be taken as an ex, as an excuse to start, you know, messing around with boot camp in the Marine Corps. Yeah. And and this administration has taken every opportunity it can to screw with the Marine yeah. Corps specifically. Um. If you ever read uh, Robert Gates' memoirs, he talks about how whenever they lifted Don't Ask, Don't Tell over the objection of the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps is the only branch that objected to it, ultimately. When they lifted it, he, Obama kind of went out of his way to make sure that the Marine Corps flag was directly behind him when he, when he had the press conference. He, he wanted it that way. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get any disagreement uh. from me. But... But it's and it's it's just you know the, this whole idea that you know we talked about this before a little bit that you can't you know we're in the business of killing people, and that's that's what the Marine Corps does, um, and, do,
1: and and does better than any of the other branches, right? So it makes us because
0: unique. That's, yeah, and we're oriented on combat. Um, that's our thing. You know, we're not we're not sitting here pretending. We're not sitting here. You know our recruits when they go to basic training, there it's 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 on like it's on the, the the whole time like it never you don't get really a reprieve or anything. I remember when I was when I was actually in boot camp um, <clears throat> when I first got there, there was a recruit that had a heart attack and died like the second night I was there in our squad bay, had heart heart attack and died, um, and the uh, he had been getting thrashed the day before bad by the drill instructors. And I remember sitting next to him, because I remember, I'm not sure if you all remember, but when you first start, they kind of line you up and you sit in you know, Indian, Indian style for you know, like hours on end. And this guy was sitting next to me and he was breathing heavy and looking like he was going to pass out. And I was like, are you okay, man? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then <clears throat> like the next morning, we all get woken up at like 4.30 in the morning by ambulances and paramedics running into the squad bay. And the fire watch had found him in the bathroom, uh, like, Apparently just dead instantly from a heart attack, and the drill instructors took it real hard and kind of went easy on us for a little while and kind of backed off and like didn't uh, didn't like didn't really push. They had us they they worked us, but they kind of backed off a little bit on the, the the intensity a little bit. But that was only temporary, and it was really just for them to compose themselves because they were really affected by it. And I have no doubts that in this case where this kid committed suicide, if you actually went and found these drill instructors, that they would be personally affected by it emotionally. Uh, because generally speaking, these people, these are quality Marines who have been selected for this, this position. And, um, you know, for a reason, because they're trustworthy and they've been, they're entrusted with these recruits because of their, usually because of their stellar careers at this point or, or because they've, uh, they want to move on. And be career Marines. So, anyway, that's my take on it. But I would, but I would say that, that 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 Marine Corps boot camp certainly does not need to tone it down. I mean, they've gone this long with 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 this view, this I mean, being this hard of a rite of passage, with this few people, this small amount of injuries or fatalities. I mean, I would say that it's 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 a pretty excellent track record. Yeah, you know. And and they definitely don't need to try to integrate genders either.
2: No, absolutely that w- not. That, w-
0: that would be so destructive. Disastrous, even. So, and yeah. he, I guess you,
2: you touched on something that I think is pretty important. I mean, um, you know, so this kid got called a terrorist by, you know, his real instructor, and that made him sad, and he killed himself, I, I'm assuming. Um, I mean, that's – imagine, you know, what would happen, you know, if the kid go, went to the fleet. You know what I mean? Uh, that that'd mm-hmm. probably be you know, the tip of the iceberg. We had a kid and, you know, one of my platoons that we called Haji and the kid wasn't even Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean
0: Yeah. Yeah, we had we had we had Chesky in our platoon. He was half Libyan and uh and he was such a good sport about it always. Yeah. You know, like we would we would go on these on these these Italian runs and we would always sing, you know, there's that, that uh that cadence where we say, you know, when we get to Saudi Saddam he will say, you know, whatever. You know, we we would always say when we get to Saudi, Chesky's dad's gonna say, huh. and 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 uh, you know he was a real good sport about it all, and he and to this day he is, and that's and that's just, you got to have that kind of mentality to to succeed, I think, and we like we I mean it's it's come up many times, you know this is just it's hard to really pass down have civilians understand, like you heard, you heard the shocked reaction of that CNN correspondent called him a terrorist. <laughs> It's like, yeah, man, that's that's like the the least worst thing I would have ever have been called in the Marines. Like, yeah, I mean I've been called much worse things than that, and and you know that the ethnic, you know the ethnic uh, quote unquote wars that go on in platoons, and they're all in good in good fun, you know nothing no one's nothing's ever serious. It's much ado about nothing, and I'm not trying to diminish the suicide because that's serious, and investigations need to happen if there's something done wrong. Fine, trust the Marine Corps to deal with it because we've done this good this long. Uh, there's an old expression that the the Marines do two things: make Marines and win battles. And you know, just let us make our Marines, is what I would say. That's my campaign speech.
1: That I'd, I'd say that anybody who passes it, there's a margin of, of of error. Not even a margin of error. You've got to imagine the difference. Thousands of people go through this this training, and hundreds of thousands, really, and one dies or mm-hmm. too, you know there's 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 a reasonable assumption that you look at uh what happened here in uh louisville a couple of years ago pierre high school there was a a kid who who died uh during football practice mm-hmm. young otherwise healthy you know adolescent dies during football practice it's awful it's terrible it's you know it shouldn't happen in the end and on and on and on but you have to imagine if. Thousands of people to go through this physical training or or whatever you want to call it, it's reasonable to believe that one could could die doing it because a it's hard or the conditions weren't right. I mean, I, I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to talk about what happened in PRP with with what happens at boot camp. It's two different sure. worlds. But it's sure. it's reasonable to believe that if you put enough people through enough physical uh, conditioning or whatever that that if one or if a few were to were to die from it, it shouldn't be unreasonable. Now, killing yourself is a little bit different. I mean, I I, I really think there's more to the story than we're getting.
0: Definitely, and, I, I just, there's got there's got to be. Yeah, because it just
1: doesn't it doesn't add up. That or he was just really really soft and probably shouldn't have gone to the Marine Corps in the first place. So you might, but if yeah. you can't take somebody calling saying, "Are you a terrorist?" At this point, yeah, yeah. You, you you're you're doomed. If should <laughs> should you leave boot camp and end up in the yeah. fleet, good lord, it's not going to get any better.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and like the, and the 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 thing is, is you don't if you're if if your goal is to find a way to heal from something like this, you don't heal or whatever by running around and you know lopping off heads. Like you don't you don't start uh, you don't start firing people and and running down the institution. I mean, just like in that PRP incident with the coach we were talking about a minute ago where the, uh, the coach was prosecuted or criminally, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's, just, it's just too much. You know, it's, it's, it's taking it too far and it's not really helpful. You know, we, we learn from it. We, we suck it up and we move on. And if the parents can't, if the parents of this kid feel like he was murdered, I think that was one of the implications that he was thrown you know, murdered, which is obviously if that happened, that's different. But there's there's so much supervision these days. You can't fart on that island oh, without no. someone without someone, you know, hearing it. And so I don't know. I I'll, I'll call BS before any investigation is done. And if I'm wrong, then so be it.
1: Tonight, we're going to recognize John P. Bobo, uh, who is a Vietnam Marine, was born in 1943. He uh, was killed in action. March 30th, 1967, 24 years old. Um, he enlisted the Marine Corps Reserve in 1965 in Buffalo, and he was ordered to the Republic of Vietnam in June of 66, where he was assigned duty as the 2nd Platoon Commander, Company I, 3rd Battalion, 9th Marine Regiment, 3rd Marine Division. While serving in, uh, in Operation Prairie 3, he was mortally wounded when a large number of NVA soldiers attacked his rifle company's night ambush position uh, near the DMZ in South Vietnam. Uh, knowing his wounds would prevent him from making it to safety, he ordered his men to retreat while he stayed behind and, and uh, fought the North Vietnamese aggressors. His actions saved the lives of all of his men, and for this he was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. He was 24 years old and uh, sacrificed himself to save all of his Marines. That, that, that absolutely captures... Um, the commitment that we have to each other so that is badass that is badass here's to you John P. Bobo we're very thankful for your service